Are husbands the priests of the home? Does God call only men to be the priests of the home? No. No. There is a thinking, though, and a teaching in, in the churches generally, okay, church at large, that the men, the husbands, are the priests of the home. Wives are not. When you go to 1 Peter chapter 2, the main scriptures are 1 Peter 2, 5 and 9. Let me just read 5, first of all. It says that we are living stones built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And verse 9, it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have all been chosen we have all we are all called a holy nation his special people we've all been chosen out of darkness and into his marvelous light and not just men the bible does not tell us that men or husbands should function as priests by representing their wives to god this is what i have heard men should function as priests by presenting their wives to god in prayer they are the spiritual um leaders of the home but but i gotta tell you something about this though this is this is lopsided god has actually chosen both men and women to be priests of the home both men and women to be spiritually leading when we have a man that is doing what he's called to do leading spiritually having having being the priest of his home that's good but when we have a wife that's also being a priest of the home, priestess, priest of the home, and also offering godly, sound, biblical counsel and leading in, in that way as well, that's better. Because that's God's chosen um, heart is, is that we both come together, one submitting to one another. We are called to submit and to honor one another. Women have also been clothed, I just read, as we've also been called to be clothed with priestly garments of holiness. And we've been given the name of Jesus to stand upon as well. So we've got to remember something. When, when Paul, again, when Paul wrote the word, when, when, this, when the word was written, the, the cultural context of the time where women were just thought of as basically property to their fathers and to their husbands. And for any reason, if a man wanted to divorce his wife, he could do so for any reason and throw her out and she would have nothing to stand on. She, would, she couldn't remarry, she had no livelihood. It was really a bad condition for that woman that the husband just chose for whatever his reasonings were just to dismiss her. When we read the word, we have to remember that was the cultural mindset of the time. But he was talking about that mindset about that time. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. And it says in verse 21, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Right here, we are told we are to submit to one another. Verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Submission should be done as a biblical, as, as um, just a biblical obedience, as unto the Lord, right? 
as he is telling you to do things that are of God. You willingly, we submit, meaning a, a, a sweet and gentle nature, right? But that's to be done one to another. Okay, but because I just read to you, submitting one another. But wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. In other words, submitting with the heart of submission, right? Uh, biblical submission is not blind obedience, but loyalty and humility and honor one to another. Amen. Mm -hmm. So husbands, verse 25, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church Amen. and gave himself for her. So, so husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, as Christ gave himself for the church, that he, God, he, capital H, that the Lord would sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, so that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having he, God, might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. We are all members of his body, Christ's body, of his flesh, Christ's flesh, and Christ's bones. So for this reason, man shall leave father and mother, be joined together uh, to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, with all of that read, why did Paul say husbands should function as the head of the wife? Right? What is the head? When, when we talk about the head here, we're talking about servant leadership. The Bible talks about servant leadership. But headship here is described as a redemptive. I want you to think about this as a redemptive or life-giving. E Ephesians chapter 5, this passage is not talking about hierarchy. Many times, and I know this is very ingrained, we can be agreeing, but we don't fully understand, so we're agreeing on one level, but we're not really agreeing completely because we're still in this understanding of really getting to what the heart of God was when he even wrote this. I do not believe this is talking about hierarchy. Here is a structure. You must follow suits, uh, submit and come under and be... I don't believe that. I think he's talking about equality. And I think he's talking about Christ to the church and how Christ loved the church and that how the husbands are to love the wives as themselves. And the, uh, the wives are supposed to respect and honor their husbands. So a headship here is described as redemptive. Um, what the fall did, remember at the fall, Eve falling, taking, taking the bait, Christ was our redemption. He was our redemption, right? And here the in this passage, Paul, through the Holy Spirit, was teaching husbands 
how they should actually treat their wives because they didn't treat their wives in the way they should have back in that day. Because like I said, they were treated as property. They were not treated kindly. They were not treated good at all. So actually, this is, the, this is Paul trying to teach the fall was the fall. They fell. Christ came and he redeemed us from the fall. Now we get to be like God. We get to we get to operate in the love of God. As husbands, we get to love our wives as ourselves. And we get to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Different from lording over your wife, different from having an authoritative voice that my word goes and that's it but that is what is understood and common in many in many circles in colossians 1:18 it also restates that christ is the head of the body the church christ so true true biblical headship in marriage and i just read it to you but i'm going to bullet point the husband recognizes that his wife is equal he loves her sacrificially husbands love your wives as your own body husbands love your wives as christ loved the church so he he recognizes he recognizes that his wife is actually his equal he loves her sacrificially number two number three he empowers his wife by sharing authority did christ not give us all authority he did not just give it to men now look at this that's that is the instruction from the lord for men to or for husbands to wives in this passage in Ephesians chapter 5 but listen to this isn't that what Jesus did for the church he took on the form of a human being he gave himself willingly to die on the cross he bestowed his heavenly authority to his followers and he made us co-heirs of his kingdom we are co-heirs this is the pattern that Christian husbands should be following and wives should be following in honoring and respecting our husbands. This should not be an issue. It should not be a battle. The minute it becomes a battle, there's sin in the camp. The minute that it becomes, I am better, higher, whatever, it's a pride issue. And that's not God. Headship is not really about authority, but about intimacy. Because isn't Christ about intimacy with the church? When your husband is praying for you, when your husband is praying for the family, he is acting as a priest in that home. Praise God. He should be doing that. But when the wife is also praying for her husband, and she is praying for her children, and she's reading the word, and she is anointing her house, throughout that house. She is also acting in her God-given role as a priest or priestess in that home, which is actually God's heart, that we both come into an agreement of equal partnership. 1 Corinthians 11, 11 says, in the Lord, so this is in a Christian home, in the Lord, man is not independent of woman, nor is woman independent of man. We are not independent of one another. We are to submit to one another. Let's just give an example. If we are, okay, husband and wife, okay, Christian husband and wife, and let's talk about the husband as being the head of the home, head of the wife. 
What I was taught that to be is if the husband and the wife have a decision to make in the home and they can't come to an agreement, that we should be deferring to the husband because after all, he's the head of the wife and he's the head of the home. So if we are not on the same page, we are not seeing, we're not getting the same answer from the Lord. We can't seem to come to an agreement on a decision that we need to make. It could be on parenting, it could be on a move, it could be on a job situation, it could be anything, a financial decision. We're just not, we're both praying and we're not coming to the same agreement. That in that case, and I believed this for many years, that in that case, that the, we, as a wife, as a submissive wife, we should be deferring, taking the back seat, and let him lead because he's supposed to be in charge. I believe that for many years. I do not believe that. I don't believe that at all. I believe that when that happens, somebody is not listening to God. I believe in the right, in a God-given marriage, when we're actually walking in the right way with the Lord, both people listening, what really should happen is if we are not in agreement as to what we should do with this financial decision, just using that as an example, somebody's not hearing from God. It could be the woman and it could be the man. Either one, it could be both. Somebody's not hearing from God though. What should happen according to the heart of God is that we do nothing. That's right. Until both parties pray, fast, and wait, and seek God. Lord, what are you saying? What, what, what have we missed? Is there sin in the camp? Why are we not hearing the same thing? Where are we off? And it is the heart of God to bring forth the answer because he's a God of unity. And when we are now in unity, we can both move forward, not because, well, you said to do that, so I just did it, but because we're both in unity. Yeah. Is that like true? I like not taking responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking about when we have two sides that have very strong, not opinions, but they really believe what they feel God is saying. Mm -hmm. If one doesn't, that's fine. You can easily submit to that because you don't have a strong leading. You're not going to be held accountable for something you don't know. Mm -hmm. Right? So then there's some, that shouldn't be an issue. This is a good topic, you guys, because it actually brings, it brings honor. It brings honor to both the husband and the wife. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our websites at Kathy Coppola Ministries at www.kathycoppola.org. You can also visit us at Mighty Win Broadcasting Network TV at www.mwbn.tv. God bless.